and encourage you, if you're not part of a church, you need to get planted in one. You know, find where God's called you. It's so important to find the church where God's planted you. You know, years ago, um, when I was I was serving in the youth at EMIC, and and that that was my church. That was where I where the Lord had me, and and I, I loved that church, and and uh, I was being used in that church. I was working with the youth, and, and the Lord kept telling me, He goes, Justin, you need to go to Heritage. I was like, I don't want to go to Heritage. This is my church, and I'm not a church hopper. I just don't do that. I've I've been born again for uh, you know 28 years, and you know I've only been a part of three churches, and and uh, and so. Um, and so one of them was for eight years, and then, then, then the time was EMIC, and the rest has been here. But the Lord told me at EMIC, he said, he goes, Justin, church for, you, church for a person is, no, is not about their choice. It's about where they're called to be. He told me, he said, Justin, he goes, church for you is no longer about your choice, but it's where I've called you. And I was disobedient for a number of months. And finally, you know, uh, the Lord kept speaking. He, goes, you, he, and he kept telling me that you, you've got to make this transition. You've got to make this decision because this has to do with your calling and your purpose. And little did I know I'd actually be pastoring this church one day. You know, I was like, well, I'll go over there and, you know, I'm going to be the pastor one day. That, that was not my thinking. Um, but I encourage you, find where God wants you to be. Get involved. Get plugged in. Get planted. It's important to do that. So I encourage you to come out tonight. If you're not planted somewhere, get planted somewhere. If it's not this church, find where God's called you to be. Find your shepherd's voice. You know, I believe Jesus is the good shepherd. But I believe that God anoints pastors. And we're under shepherds. And, and you'll, when you hear your pastor, you'll hear his voice. I knew Jonathan Willie was my pastor. I, that was my shepherd's voice. When I heard Dr. Savell, I knew that was Apostle's voice, was my pastor's voice. And so you need, you need to find your shepherd's voice. I'm not making much of my voice and anything like that, but you need to, you need to find the pastors that anoint, is anointed for you, that's seeking God for you. Amen? It's, it's so important. Uh, also, next week, uh, Dr. Savell will be ministering in our, in our 11 o'clock service. I'll be doing the 9 o'clock service. And then don't forget, also, next Sunday evening, uh, we have Dr. Richard Roberts will be doing a healing service at 6 o'clock next Sunday evening. So I encourage you to bring somebody with you. Amen. Bring somebody with you. Bring the sick. Bring the broken. Bring the, the oppressed. Bring them. And, and have an expectation. Have an expectation for a miracle. Have an, let's build an expectation. Let's build an expectation for miracles to work and manifest and move in this place. Amen. So I encourage you with those things. There will be more announcements at the end of service. But let's get into the Word. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And I haven't been released yet to go on a, in another direction yet. Although there's some things that's been stirring my heart for months. And I'm kind of like, Lord, I... You know, there's a series the Lord put in my heart um, months and months ago, and just uh, just been meditating on things with it, and, he, and I've been studying on some things, and, um, and and so we'll we'll get into this eventually. But there's a series that the Lord put in my heart called the Altars of God, and um, and so we'll begin into that at some point. Um, but I'm still talking about I promise this morning, I promise. You know that that prayer that that. Um, that God spoke to Moses to tell Aaron to pray, the Lord bless thee, 
The Lord keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. The Lord lifteth his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. God's promises. They're yes and they're amen. God's promises. You know what? And they're yours. The promises. In Mark chapter 4, I, I want to get into this. and <clears throat> Thank you, Father. In Mark chapter 4, verse 34. It says, on that same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Read the Amplified. And leaving the, the, the crowd, they took him with them just as he was in the boat in which he was sitting. And other boats were with him. And a furious storm of wind, of hurricane proportion, arose. And the waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already becoming filled. But he himself was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now, be still, muzzled. And the wind ceased and sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. And there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. He said to them, why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, no firmly relying trust? And they were filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said one to another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, there was a promise that they were given. And the promise was that they were going to the other side. I don't, I don't know where you might be in your faith journey today. I don't know where, what you might be facing and what you might be going through. But I want to speak to you this morning from the standpoint that you're going to the other side. I don't know what the other side might look like for you. Maybe it's restoration in your marriage. Maybe it's, maybe it's something within your physical body. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your calling and your purpose. What I want to declare to you is you're going to the other side. You have to understand that, that, that promises that God, the promises that God made into our lives are not automatic. But it's something that we are going to have to possess and it's something that we're going to have to obtain. You see, the Apostle Paul made, it, made a statement like this. He said, it is the good fight of faith. In Jude chapter, in, in Jude, in, in, that, in, Jude, in Jude, he talked about contending for the faith. You know, why is it a good fight of faith? It's a good fight of faith, one, and we've heard the, this Brother Copeland and Dr. Savell say this. It's a good fight of faith because we win, right? Why is it a, a what are we fighting for? We're, we're fighting to one to obtain what's ours or to protect what's already been given. See, 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 fighting is, is two, twofold. Fighting can be offensive and fighting can be defensive. And fighting, what is the fighting that we're in? We are to possess what is ours, to, to, to stand for what's ours, but also to protect what we've already been given. You're going to the other side. And you see, the moment that the promise was given, the moment the word was spoken, what does the enemy always do? He comes to steal the word, right? Yes. 
And so the moment that word was spoken, you're going to the other side. What happened? A storm of hurricane proportion arose and kept beating against the ship until the boat became filled with water. And, and, and you and I are no different. There's storms of life that can hit us one after another. Things that can come. It can be, it can be a, come to the standpoint is like, it's like, man, what's the next thing that's going to happen? It's like, okay, all right, that happened. And then it's something else that happened. Then it's something else that happened. And then it's something else that happened. Everything is get you to let go of the word of going to the other side. And what happens is, is just as those waves were beating into the boat, just as those waves were beating into the boat, it said, the, it said as the waters, it said it was becoming filled. It had become filled. And see, you have to look at your, your heart just like the disciples were looking at that boat. That boat was becoming filled with water. That boat was a vessel. But I want you to stand. Your heart is a vessel. Your heart, the spirit on the inside of you, you are a vessel. You are a container. You are a container of faith or a container of fear. You're a container of hope or you're a, a container of, of disappointment. You're a container of joy or you're a container of sorrow. You're a container of peace or you're a container of confusion. And so what happens is the storms of life will come. Jesus said in the world, you will have tribulation. You will have tribulation. You will have tribulation. Has anyone ever been tribulating? How many people are tribulating right now? <laughs> but what we have to understand, what is the intent of that is to get to the place where your heart is filled with the storm you're in. You see, the, the storm was producing the waves and the wind and the waves were what were filling the boat. So, so what's going to happen is the waves will come and they want that they want you to be filled with, with your environment. The, the enemy wants you to be filled with the environment that you're in and everything that you're experiencing and everything that you're facing. See, those storms were coming until it become filled with water. And, and, and I know we are. I love the disciples because we can see the humanity of their lives. And, and, and sometimes we can have the ability to see ourselves as, as these superhero Christians. And we can say, well, at least I'm not like doubting Thomas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And, 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 and even though you may not ever say this out loud or say this statement to another person, I know you thought it. So don't think you're more mightier than the disciples. Because what happened, what, what, was, the, what was the thing they came to Jesus and he goes, don't you care that we're perishing? See, care speaks of love. Don't you, what, Jesus, don't you love me enough to save me? If God, if you really love me, why am I experiencing this? God, if you, you're really a good God, then why am I experiencing bad things? See, these are questions we, we may never say out loud and questions you may not say to your pastor, but there's questions you may say in the secret places of your heart. Yeah. 
God, if you're real, then that wouldn't have happened. God, if you really are love, then that wouldn't have happened. So when the storms come, it's to get us to a place where we question God's character. We question God's faithfulness. We question His attitudes towards us. We question whether His word is true or not. See, we're, we're really, we're, we're no different than the disciples. And because the, the enemy, what does he do? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is the master of deception. He's the master of distraction. Hold your place there in Mark 4 and go to Psalms 55 real quick. Hold your place there and we'll get back there in a minute. By the way, we did miss you last week. Eric and Pastor Phil did an awesome job last week ministering the word. Look at verse 1 in, in Psalms 55. It says, Listen to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and answer me. I'm reading the Amplified. Attend to me and answer me. I'm restless and distraught in my complaint, and I must moan. And I'm distracted at the noise of the enemy. Because of the oppression and threats of the wicked. For they would cast trouble upon me. In wrath they persecute me. My heart is grievously pained within me. And the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling have come upon me. Horror and fright have overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. What's the, what's the psalmist saying here? He's saying, man, he said, because of the noise of the enemy, I just want to escape. Because of the noise of the enemy, I just want to get out of here. Oh, if I had wings like a dove, I'd fly. If I could just get away from here, then everything would be better. If I could just escape this and everything would be better. What was that feeling coming from? It was coming from what the noise of the enemy. I'm distracted at the noise of the enemy. And what was the noise of the enemy? It was the oppression. It was the threats of the wicked. It was the, it was the fear and trembling had come upon me because of what he was doing, what he was saying, what the circumstances looked like. And really in this particular case, it was what someone else was doing to him. It was someone, it said, he said, he goes, it was the person he walked hand in hand to the house of God with. This was something personal. This was something that was up close and personal in David's life. And, and it was saying because of the noise of the enemy, it may be a loved one that did something to you. It could be, it could have been a spouse that did something to you. It could be a loss. It could be a, a sickness. It could be a disease, whatever it is. It was something personal. It was something personal. The enemy doesn't attack you with something that isn't personal. Because if it wasn't personal, it wouldn't affect you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to, he wants to get on the inside of you to where you question God's character, 
and God's ability. So let's go back to Mark chapter 4. It says, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care that we're perishing? It says, and he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush now, be still. And the wind ceased and sank to a rest as if, as if exhausted by its beating. See, I, I believe that the faith, the measure of faith that God placed on the inside of each one of us can outlast the attack. Meaning in this, I, I love how the Amplified it said that, that the, it came to a rest as if, as if exhausted by the beating. Meaning the storm got exhausted before Jesus did. I mean, I mean the, the attack gets exhausted before you do. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. Where you outlast the enemy. You outlast any attack that might come your way. It doesn't matter how many times it's thrown at you, you still stand. Now, this storm was not sent. And some of you might have heard me talk about this before, but this storm was not sent. So Jesus could teach the disciples a lesson. Ah, see, you, you have little faith. I'm going to take you up the rough side of the mountain just to see what you're made of. Jesus wasn't, that was not, the storm wasn't sent to, see, Jesus knew what was on the inside of them. See, storms, it, it are, are, storms just reveal what's on the inside of you. It's not, it's not God testing you. When God's never going to test you with something he redeemed you from. God's never going to test you with something that redeemed you from. So he can't test you with sickness. He can't test you with disease. He's not going to test you with alcohol. He's not going to test you with all these things. So this you have to understand, this was an attack of the enemy. See, Satan did not want them to the other side. Because this, getting to the other side, was about setting a demon man possessed free. This was not about, hey, you know, I just want to, Jesus says, well, hey, I just want to see what the disciples are made of so I can teach another parable. No. No, this was, this was to destroy Jesus. This was to destroy the disciples. They did not want him. The enemy did not want them on the other side because the other side was a demon-possessed man that was, that was not only demon-possessed himself, but it said the whole community in that area was held captive because of this demon-possessed man. So not was it just setting that man free, but it was then setting that whole area free. No, but when they went to the other side and set that man free, that man wanted to come with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you need to stay here and you need to talk about what God has done for you to, to Decapolis, meaning the 10 surrounding cities. So just think about this. If they didn't get to the other side, then that man's not set free. If that man's not set free, then that city's not set free. If that city's not set free, then the 10 cities around that aren't set free. So this, getting to the other side was a big deal. And I want you to know, you getting the other side is a big deal. You getting the other side of your storm is a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and the storm isn't sent to, to see how strong your faith is. No, the storm is sent to get you to give up, throw in the towel and to quit. 
You're going to the other side. You're going to the other side. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. You're going to the other side. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to the other side. Well, even if I die, I'm going to the other side. And, <laughs> and it tell you it's a, it's a whole lot better side. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter 11. For the sake of time, let's look at verse 32. And what shall I say more? What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson... And of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and the prophets. So he lists a bunch of people here, right? So if I had more time, I could talk about these heroes of faith. David and the prophets. Verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. Now we could continue to read, but... What I want to deal with and what I'm dealing with this morning is faith obtains promises. Faith obtains promises. Faith obtains my other side. Jesus was a man of faith. Sometimes we we look at situations and we see stories and we hear stories, but we don't truly understand How could Jesus be asleep in the back of the boat? How could Daniel fall asleep in a lion's den? How could a teenage boy defeat a 10 foot tall giant? See, it says, who through faith subdued kingdoms. Wow. Faith can subdue kingdoms. Wrought righteousness. What does that mean? What does wrought righteousness mean? It means to bring to pass the will of God. To wrought righteousness is bringing about the purposes of God. And then it says, obtain promises. Obtain promises. So through faith, who through faith, they obtain promises. So promises are going to come to pass through faith, right? Everything that comes from God is going to come through faith. You going to the other side is going to come through faith. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. When you're in the middle of the storm, that is not the time to let go of your faith. It's the time to hold to your faith. Now, there's so much we could talk about faith. It's definitely not something that can be preached in 40 minutes. But there's something I want to establish in our hearts today. About, about faith and about obtaining promises. 
and in connecting some of these things together about overcoming the enemy and the distractions of the enemy. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And we know this is really dealing with the whole armor of God, and it's dealing with attacks that come from the enemy. So this this definitely ties into Mark chapter 4. But here in Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So it's not my might, it's His might. Hallelujah. Being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So here, what are we seeing? We're seeing that attacks come from the wicked one, right? So we know where attacks come from, right? We established the storm that came against Jesus and the disciples to keep them from going to the other side was an attack of the enemy to keep them from obtaining the other side. So here it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers and rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places. And then verse 16 says, I went to Philippians, sorry. Verse 13 says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. So here I see when I'm in this attack, when the storm is coming against me, I need to make sure I have my armor on so that I can stand against the wiles. I can stand, withstand in the evil day and having all, having done all to stand, stand therefore. And then it says this, having your loins girt about with truth. And that's what, that's what I want to go into right now. How do we, how does faith obtain promises? And there's so many, like I said, there's so many things we can talk about faith. Our, our faith is only going to be as strong as our revelation of his love for us. But what is even that based, what is his love even based on? The word of God. If I don't have the word of God, then I will never have revelation of his love for me. If I don't have the word of God, then I'm not going to understand righteousness. If I don't have the word of God, I'm not going to understand the helmet of salvation. If I don't have the word of God, then, then what's the shield of faith? Everything is going to attach to this, your loins girt about with truth. See, if your loins aren't girt girt about with truth, then it will be impossible for us to be able to stand in faith against the enemy. Your loins girt about with truth. You have to understand every weapon, every piece of armor that's spoken here actually would hang upon that belt of truth. The word of God. So so our faith is only going to be as strong as our understanding of his truth. You see, if I'm wavering... In the midst of a storm, if I'm wavering an attack, if I'm wanting to give up, if I'm wanting to throw in the towel, then something's wavering. I'm not holding on to the truth that I've been given or the truth that I have. 
Truth is what establishes faith. The word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? You see, this is all about the Logos word of God. Now, when it gets to the sword of the spirit, that is talks about rhema. That's revelation. But revelation, still the sword that comes out of the belt has to come out of this word. So everything that we build our lives upon have to be established upon this belt of truth. So having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. So what caused Jesus to be able to, to be asleep in the back of the boat? It was truth. What caused Daniel to be able to sleep in a lion's den? It was truth. What caused David to defeat a Goliath? Because he understood truth of what? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You see, truth is what we need to lean upon because faith is what obtained promises. Let's go back to Psalms 55. Psalms 55. Hallelujah. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises. Thank you, Father. So there's, I mean... There's so many things I could bring out this morning about truth. But there's a few things I I want to, I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to touch on. I mean, we could talk about the truth of His name. We could talk about the truth of the love of God. We could talk about the truth of our covenant. But when I started seeing characters in the body... In the Bible, as human, I realized, okay, this is how they did it. This is how I do it. So, okay, with David, David was one of the one, these, these people of faith. That if I had time to talk about David, I'd talk about David. And he obtained promises. And we just read in Psalms 55 about he was distracted at the noise of the enemy. And if he, if he could, could, if he had wings like a dove, he'd fly away and just get away from everything. But I'm so glad that David didn't stop there. I'm so glad that David didn't, didn't uh, give in to the attacks of the enemy. Because if we look down to verse 16, he says this. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Lord will save you. As for me, meaning, meaning this is how he felt. See, there, there's times you're going to feel a certain way, but you know what? We don't go by how we feel. You may, you, in the natural, you, yeah, in the natural, you're fed up. But the thing is, is I can't consult my feelings whether I'm going to stand or not anymore. I can't, I, I can't, I can't sacrifice the promise that's in front of me. For, for my emotions in the current state. So David said, well, as for me, I'm going to call upon God. You know what? He's going to save me. Verse 17 says, evening and morning and at noon will I pray. I'll cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He had delivered my soul in peace from the battle. Now, I love that. He delivered my soul. 
his mind, his will and emotions. He delivered my soul in the battle. See, sometimes we just need our soul delivered from the battle. Sometimes we got to get our emotions and, and, and all the things, our mind out of the way. So he said, evening and morning and noon will I pray, cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He had delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them. Hallelujah. Even he that abides of old, because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He had put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him. He had broken his, he had broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in, in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. You see, this is what David's truth. Why is David not giving up? Why? He's got truth. He's holding on to truth. Let's, let's look at uh, uh, Psalms 32. Psalms 32. Psalms 32, verse 7. It says, Thou art my hiding place. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall compass me about with songs of deliverance. Wow. What is it? This is David. This is, this is his truth. So how can I see how David was able to win over adversity? Because what? His loins were girt about with truth. What's this truth? Thou art, you're my hiding place. You will preserve me from trouble. You shall compass me about with songs of deliverance. In Psalms 139, it says this. It says, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. The New New Living Translation of Psalms 135 verse 5 says, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Wow. You see, this is how David was able to stand against adversity. His loins were girt about with truth. Now, even in, in Hebrews chapter 11, in that verse, in verse 32, it says he could talk about the prophets. The prophets and how they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises. Let's look at Lamentations. Let's look at Lamentations. And let's read something Jeremiah the prophet spoke. While you're turning there, think about this with Isaiah, Isaiah 59. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. This is Isaiah the prophet. What is he? He's what? Speaking truth. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. So, so Isaiah, no matter what he faced, he had truth that he could continue to establish his heart in. Now, let's look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 18. I'll read this in the Amplified. Hallelujah. Actually, verse... Thank you, Lord. Verse 17. And you have bereaved my soul... And cast it off far from peace. I have forgotten what good and happiness are. (laughs) Wow. 
I, I've forgotten what happiness is. Verse 18, and I say, perished is my strength and my expectation from the Lord. Now, this, this, is, the, this is a prophet writing here, and he's, he is saying, I don't, because of what I've gone through, I, I don't even know what happiness is anymore. I don't know what peace is anymore. I don't even have an expectation anymore. And this is where the enemy wants us to get, where we don't know what it means to hear the joyful sound. The enemy doesn't want us to, to know and have a, a vision and an expectation for the other side of this storm, the other side of our challenge, the other side of adversity. And he says this, verse, verse 19, he says, O oh Lord, remember my afflictions and my misery, my wandering and my outcast state, the wormwood and the gall. My soul has them continually in remembrance and is bowed down within me. Wow. Man, that's sad. He goes, this is constantly, this is constantly in my mind. This is constantly in my remembrance. All I can do is remember my affliction, my misery, my wandering and my outcast state. That's all I can think about. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. But I'm so glad Jeremiah didn't stop writing there. I love butts in the Bible. Verse 21, but this I recall. And therefore have I hope and expectation. Whoa. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been in my outcast state, but this I recall. But this I recall. And because I recall this, I've got expectation, Vic, because I think on this. I've got expectation because, because I can think on this. I've got, I've got an expectation. I've got hope. I've got joy today. Yes, this is what my storm brought me to. And this is what I felt. But because of this, I have an expectation. Now, what it is because of the Lord's mercies and loving kindness that we're not consumed. It's because his tender compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great in abundance is your stability and faithfulness. Wow. Man. Man, this was such a sad verse. This is such a sad thing until you get to the butt. Wow. See, most of y'all, you've you've had that scripture on a a calendar. His mercies are new every morning. Praise the Lord. But, I mean, now you know why that's such a powerful scripture because because it's what Jeremiah had to recall when he was in adversity. What are you recalling in your adversity? What are you remembering in your adversity? What are you meditating on in your adversity? Man, your, your situation can't be worse than what Jeremiah was feeling. But this I recall. Your mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. And great is the abundance of your stability and faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Or share, says my living being, my inner self. Therefore will I hope in him and wait expectantly for him. The Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for him, to those who seek him, inquire and for him, requiring him by right of necessity on the authority of God's word. It is good that one should hope in and wait quietly for salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
It is good. It is good to wait. But all this came on the back of, of what he had to recall and what he had to wait, wait expectantly for. See, how did the prophet obtain promises? He had to go back to truth. How are you going to obtain promises? Go back to truth. Truth. You say, but pastor, you don't understand. This is what the doctor said. Well, pastor, you don't understand. This is what my checkbook looks like. Well, pastor, you don't. You don't. Truth. And this is what I learned from Dr. Sill years ago. Truth. What is truth? It's the highest form of reality. Now, this is the way it may look. But yet this is the highest form of reality that exists. This is the highest form of reality that exists. My loins gird about with truth. Let me close with this. Go to First Peter chapter four, First Timothy chapter four. You're receiving something this morning. Hallelujah. I'm in a room full of promise obtainers. Room full of people that are subduing kingdoms. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Your loins girt about with truth. Your faith is built and established upon this truth. And it's that truth that's going to cause you to obtain the promise. The promise to go to the other side. This is why Jesus could be asleep in the back of the boat. Why his loins were girt about with truth. What was the truth? The truth was we're going to the other side. That was the, that was the word. The word spoke the word. And the word said we're going to the other side. And Jesus only said what he heard the father say. So the father said through the word. We're going to the other side. So as he held on to truth. They're going to obtain a promise. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. But praise the Lord. First Timothy 4. Verse 10. I read this in the Amplified. Thank you Father. <clears throat> With a view to this. We toil and strive. Yes and we suffer reproach. Because we fixed our hope on the living God. Now, they're not suffering reproach because of God testing them. They're suffering reproach because of people not believing truth. They're suffering reproach because of what they place their faith in. And it says here, it says, because we have fixed our hope on the living God... Who is the Savior, the preserver, the maintainer, and the deliverer of all men, especially to those who believe, trust in, rely on, and hear to Him. Continue to command these things and teach them. Wait a minute. Command these things and teach them? What are you going to command and teach? We fix our hope on the living God. The living God, the living God, who is the Savior of all men. Amen. 
we fix our eyes on the living God. We fix our eyes on truth. We have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially to those who believe. Hallelujah. You know what? As we believe, I want you to know He's your Savior, your your maintainer, your deliverer, your strengthener. Wow. Fix your eyes on truth. Fix your eyes on the living God. And as, as a word of faith, preacher, teacher, I'm to command these things and I'm to teach these things. Don't get your eyes off of him. Don't get your eyes off of truth in the midst of your storm. Because you will, say this with me, I will obtain the promises of God in my life. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you. Father, I just lift up everyone in this room this morning, everyone watching by way of internet, Father. I thank you that you still, you still their busy heart. I say peace be still to their busy mind, their distracted mind. And as one body, as a body of believers, this morning, right now, we fix our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men. He's our deliverer. He's our maintainer. He's our strengthener. I thank you, Father, that as they leave here today, I thank you that their life will be built upon truth. That where the enemy has... Come in. I thank you like a flood right now. The Spirit of the Lord is lifting up a standard against them. And I declare that they will not give up. They will not quit. They will not draw back. But I declare that they, the just, shall live by faith. They walk by faith and not by sight. They will not, they will, having done all to stand, stand therefore. I thank you for the grace of God and the peace of God surround about them. I declare that those that came in here today wanting to give up and quit, I declare they will not give up and quit. But I thank you for a strength to flow into them right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you will sustain them, you will strengthen them, and you will empower them. And I declare and I prophesy that they will get to the other side of whatever storm they're in. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you receive that and believe that, give him a shout of praise as Pastor Rick comes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.